you were just sharing your half Italian and Irish. Mm -hmm. What a mix. I know. We always make a joke, my sister and I, that we got the good blend of the genetics where we laugh. But if the genetics had gone the backwards way, we just could have been very too unfortunate looking humans. Uh, we're here with Beck Antonucci. She is an emotional wellness coach for women. She's currently in Bali. Gosh, we've had such a great start to the, the episode already. There's three primary core runes, rejection, abandonment, and betrayal. And you can sit in the question of just asking yourself. If you were to give just that one key advice, one piece to unlock the keys to your queendom for the listeners, yeah. what would that piece of advice, that key be? for everyone right now. Uh, Welcome to the Queendom. And we are back with Keys to the Queendom. I'm here with the beautiful back, back, good start tomorrow. <laughs> I was just saying before, okay, we are here with back, Beck Antonucci. Did I do it right? <laughs> yeah, you got the last name down fact. We're here with Beck Antonucci. Um, she is an emotional wellness coach for women She's currently in Bali. Gosh, we've had such a great start to the, the episode already. But I wanted to obviously drop in and say, hello, Queen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here and working around my schedule, my love. How are you? Oh, I'm so good and I'm happy to be here in the afternoon. You would have got me a say all sweaty, so now I'm feeling like curly-haired and beautiful and tanned and just ready for you. So I've beautified myself for tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> I appreciate you. And if you guys are going to watch this episode, she's been in Bali for the last four months and mm. you were just sharing your half Italian and Irish. Mm. What a mix. I know. We always make a joke, my sister and I, that we got the good blend of the genetics because my mum is incredibly pale skinned and I'm very, very tanned. My dad has a very big Italian nose and I have like the lovely Irish nose. So like, it's just worked where we laugh that if the genetics had gone the backwards way, we just could have been very too unfortunate looking humans. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you're an absolute babe and, um, you know, it's just beautiful to have you here. We were just saying before what you've been really called to share and I think it'll be really nice for everyone to first of all get to know you more, mm. your story, you know, Keys to the Queendom is really big on embracing hardships and sharing people's empires and, you know, what you've traversed through and then I guess we'll go into what we're really sort of feeling aligned to share. Yeah, let's go. So dive into a little bit about who I am, where, where are we at, what are we doing? I would love to hear where you've come from, my love, you know, what's been your biggest, you know, pinnacle moment and, you know, how you became who you are now as a emotional wellness coach. Mm, yeah. Um, so I, my journey really stemmed when I was 14 years old. I went to a prestige all-girls school in Perth, Western Australia, and I was, I'm not from a wealthy family, but I went to a very wealthy school and I was bullied horrifically basically every day for five years. And I attempted to take my own life because it was just really traumatic, really painful, really shameful. And that was really where this, the seed of all of my trauma began, the fear of not belonging, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of rejection, um, being in this place where if you've ever gone to, if you are someone that's gone to a private college or especially a private all-girls school, uh, success and wealth are the two, base, uh, popularity and wealth are the two pinnacles of success. And so I didn't have either of those and I just would constantly sit and think to myself, what is wrong with me? 
And so I spent my young adult life running from this wound, not knowing what a core wound is, not knowing what our subconscious beliefs are, not knowing what an internal narrative is. But I used to think I can't be all those things that the girls used to scream at me. And I spent from age 16 to 31 running from my trauma, running from my shame, running from my embarrassment, running from my humiliation, running from all of my fears. And I believe the more that we run, the more that we further perpetuate the wound that we're running from. So I was hit with, literally hit at 19. I had a boyfriend that I was madly in love with. He punched me in the head with a closed fist and assaulted me. I felt very embarrassed, very humiliated, very ashamed, really amplified my core wound of rejection. I didn't know again what a subconscious narrative is, what a core wound is, what unconscious beliefs are. So I didn't know that I was running from pain, but I was like, well, I'm going to go and make myself feel better because that's what society tells us to do. I got into the fitness industry, I ended up with a disordered eating pattern for 10 plus years. Again, very embarrassing, very very humiliating, very shameful, very traumatic, not any, not realizing that it had come from the core wound of running from rejection. Then at, at age 25, I slept with a friend who promised me that he was STI free and he transmitted the herpes virus to me. So that was kind of the rug ripped from under my feet of I've been running from something my entire life, trying to be what they, trying to not be what they told me that I am, embarrassing, disgusting, ugly, and I just keep attracting in all of these situations, circumstances that are humiliating, embarrassing, and that make me feel disgusting, ugly, like a horrible, unworthy woman. And the herpes virus was really my greatest gift in really, really strange wrapping paper where I couldn't run from it any longer and I had to confront my core wound of not belonging and fearing rejection so that I could really own who I am as a woman and express myself courageously. Wow, my love. Um, just wanted to drop in and just say, like, you're incredible. You're mm-hmm. amazing. I resonate as well. I went to a private girls' school, and yeah. when I was there, I came from a poor background, and I remember when we left the school, a girl came up to me and goes, I hear you're leaving because you don't have money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know based on what you've been talking about when it comes to trauma and core wounds. For those who are listening and for those who may not know what core wounds are, what would you explain to someone who's completely new to all of this uh, on what your understanding is and how have you healed through it? Yeah, so for that person listening right now, there's three primary core wounds, rejection, abandonment and betrayal. And you can sit in the question of just asking yourself right now, if I did ha- have one and we all like we're human beings, there's no, there's no way to escape this human experience. Even if it's, it doesn't matter if it's small T trauma or big capital T trauma, there's something that's occurred that has created that sensation within you and one that you'll probably primarily identify with. And you can feel into what significant life events have occurred that have activated and or created that wound for me it was bullying for some of my clients it's their primary caregiver either mother or father leaving at such a young age which creates a feeling of abandonment or um, a primary caregiver having an affair and then leaving the family household which creates the core wound of betrayal there's something that's occurred that's activated that which will be your primary core wound Um, and so the person can sit in that for themselves for me the identification of it was when the herpes virus came on my path, it was so, I'd tried to run from my pain my entire life and I just thought if I could just be better, 
if I could just lose the weight, if I could have the perfect fitness body, I know you and I resonate with the fitness conversation, if I can be a bodybuilder or a sports model or have the abs or I do all the sexy gym photo shoots with the lingerie and the the dumbbell, I had all of it, the validation on Instagram, all the likes, the wealthy partner. I was always working to get something that I thought would bring me something. I thought it was happiness, but ultimately it was deep self, internal self-acceptance of who I am as a person. And when her- the herpes virus hit, I couldn't run from my lack of self-acceptance anymore because even though it wasn't physically present anywhere on my body, it was so loud like a siren in the back of my head that would scream at me all day long, no one will love you, you have herpes, men will never choose you, you have herpes, your sex life is ruined, you have herpes, you'll never have friends again, they'll all reject you, you have herpes. And it was so loud that I couldn't not pretend, I couldn't pretend that I couldn't hear it. And so I would sit there and think, how can I fix this now? Because I've tried everything. And I actually can't fix this thing. Like I tried all the holistic ayahuasca, all the natural plant remedies and all the things. And it got to a point where I realized there is no route, no route that I can go on, no person that I can pay that will support me to, I'm doing air quotes right now if you can't see see me right now, that can support me to fix this. And my fixing is in the acceptance. And I asked myself like, what is it? What is it amplifying to me? And when I really sat with that question, it was like, Beck, what have you been avoiding your entire life? And as I backtracked through my journey, I realized, oh my God, this is just amplifying all of my fears that those girls put in my head from age 14 that I'm not good enough, that I'm not pretty enough, that I'm not skinny enough, that I'm ugly, that I'm disgusting. All of those things are attached to the herpes virus, but the herpes virus didn't exist for me at age 14. And yet all of the thoughts attached to the herpes virus did. And that was my almost awakening moment of, Now I get to go down the personal development journey and this internal introspection journey and heal this because there's nothing outside of me that can bring me the acceptance that I crave because I've already done that. Yeah. So you were saying before you were running away from the pain and did you feel that this herpes virus experience and what you went through was your your blessing at the end of the day that has brought you to where you are now. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I say that herpes is one of the, is the greatest and it was the worst, but now the greatest thing to ever happen to me. It's like my saving grace and a gift wrapped in the weirdest wrapping paper. I love watching your Instagram too, Beautiful, because you talk about it. You are so open about sharing about it. And I know someone who's um, who's got the herpes virus. I can't say who it is, but actually, well, again, from – being private for herself I know that person that she is with now uh they both share with her she's had she has found love um and after Mm. experiencing that when you were going through it and this was your ex-boyfriend at the time did you ever confront him afterwards and since then what has that changed in your perception of finding love now and embracing all of you oh yeah I stayed with him for a good year and a half on off out of fear of no one else choosing me I just as as this diagnosis came in I decided no one's ever going to love me again he's reassured me reassured to me that he loves me that he chooses me I I had a big fear of not being chosen not being worthy not being chosen by a man so when he was reflecting back love and appreciation and desire I just looked at him and thought well this is this is my life forever now and obviously, if we make a choice from fear, the byproduct of that is only going to be detrimental, detrimentally impactful for your life and everyone else's involved. So we weren't a happy couple. He is a lovely person, but I was choosing him not from love. I was choosing him from 
no one else would ever accept me with this, so I have to stay with you. And once I finally was able to move through that experience, I think learning more about the herpes virus as well, I had no idea what it was. I thought that I was literally ruined forever. I didn't realize that it's very easily manageable through natural health. I didn't realize it's common. I didn't realize that really all it really was for me was amplifying my limiting beliefs and allowing me to heal through them. But yeah, and it, so after years of avoiding really facing off with it, once I realized it was very, very easy to live with and very easily manageable through natural health and that the only thing that I really have to do to attract love is love myself and be my most vulnerable, authentic self to the external world, then I'll only ever magnetize towards me the people, the clients, the friendships, the love that I actually deserve and desire that the herpes virus has no impact on my intimacy, my sex life, my love life whatsoever, which is bad. Um, so powerful because we're going to talk a lot about intimacy, I feel, today. I just want to bring this up because I think it's so important to be vulnerable in this space. Yeah. You know, yesterday when I said to you, I need to reschedule, I'm going through some processes and whatnot, mm. um, that is from avoiding a lot of work that I had recently only now started to really feel into and go through the processes because of the core uh, wound of abandonment and I wanted to bring that forward to you just to have that openness so that you can understand because I know <laughs> it's so hard to just be transparent and open um, and obviously for anyone listening right now this is an opportunity for all of us to be open to seeing what are the things coming forward that are that are hitting us in the face for me I get really chronic pain in my stomach Right. Um, and that was why I reached out to you and was like, if it's okay for us to reschedule. Um, when it comes to anyone that you work with, and I feel this is going to lead into our question, what do you find that a lot of women are avoiding the most right now that you're sort of witnessing, that you know you've been able to support them through with your story and your journey? Beautiful question, and thank you so much for sharing. It's really brave that you're looking at everything that you're looking at and um i think that there's a part of women that think queen how often have you said i spent my whole life studying i've been to school my whole life and i've actually learned nothing that teaches me the tools and strategies to build a successful business in the outside world you've probably spent thousands of dollars on courses or you've heard fake news from business gurus. Well, I'm here to give this incredible news to everyone here right now that this is Queen Stream University. Get out of debt and actually start making money in the online space, knowing and having the foundations to build a successful business. Now I'm talking because I have gone through the trenches. I have been a fitness coach, built my online business as a pro athlete, and now I am a business coach. You'll go from having absolutely no idea what your business is through in the eight weeks, learn the foundations of knowing what your purpose is, your vision and mission, and also understanding your business values with the execution to know what that business is. You'll also learn branding, social media, content strategy, marketing, and more importantly, how to sell. With Queenstream University, it'll cut out the bullshit and remove all the fluff and get you working specifically on your business so you can execute this in eight weeks to get ready to learn. I wanted you to have something where you get to access something straight away, where you get to fast track your growth, as well as remove any doubt, any overwhelming sensation or stress, or the question that everyone seems to ask, where do I begin? With Queerstream University, you'll be able to build wealth 
freedom and at the end of the day, be an entrepreneur and be able to say, I have finally built my own thing, my own business. And I've stopped making money for someone else. And I'm now making money for my own empire. Queen Stream University. Obviously, you are successful in society's eyes. And there's that part of you that's now activating that sense of bravery to look at whatever's here for you that you've been avoiding because you know it's actually going to amplify your life and it doesn't take from your success, it doesn't take from your career, it doesn't take from how I see you and experience you. But I think there's a fear there for a lot of women that they'll be perceived differently if they were to really acknowledge that there's something there that they that they get to look at or that they're running from that the external world will perceive them as weak or it will impact their identity identity in some way. There can also be a massive fear of like, if I've never gone into it ever before, what if I go into it and I can't get out of it? What if I'm like stuck in, stuck in pain or stuck in sadness or uh, I, I, I don't want to be sad so if I feel any kind of sad emotion come up, I'm just going to push it down. But then they're constantly living from this surface level experience of life of just trying to avoid whatever's underneath, feeling like if we actually go into it, we'll just be stuck there. But the truth is when we go into it and we fully express it and allow it to move through our body, it won't keep looping. But that can be a lot of their fear of like, oh, what if I what if I finally go into it and it just like puts me out of business in terms of life for a really long time or I can't handle the emotions that are attached to whatever it is that I'm avoiding or there's just a deep, deep thought of unworthiness attached to whatever's whatever's in there like oh, I, I, I don't feel good enough and if I was to really address what's here that's just going to amplify this feeling of not feeling good enough and not feeling worthy but on the other side of going in there's so much beauty available once you're through it and I guess this is what I feel really called to speak about you know when people go through this healing journey you're right there is this stigma where they're going to stay stuck in there and they're, they're always going to be in the pain. But on the flip side, there's pleasure, there's intimacy. And I find that's where I find a lot of women right now are sort of in this process. Even myself, not long ago, I, I found that I was very much uh, struggling to be intimate with my partner because I think I was too much in my head and I haven't really been, you know, going into my heart as of what I have been as of late. Um Tell me what your journey has been with intimacy and loving yourself and accepting yourself, obviously, through everything you've gone through and what you've kind of seen also come through with a lot of women that you have been speaking around where they have been in their head and not being able to really experience full intimacy. Yeah, I think it's a process for all of us. And I won't lie, I would say it's definitely one that I'm still in. I think that there was a young innocent beautiful uh, there was such a and I, I hate this conversation around femininity because i just think if we're women we are feminine and there's now all of this um because of my fitness background there's a part of me that now looks at femininity and is like i don't want that to be the next like perfect fitness body that we're aiming for this uh, this feminine expression but we're told i think quite frequently as australian women oh you're so masculine and you're so this and you're so that and I think that's really hard for us because in my groups with my women, we're all there, there's this constant story around, oh, I'm not feminine enough. And if I'm not feminine enough, then I'm not sexy enough. And if I'm not sexy enough, my partner doesn't desire me enough. And if I was just a different kind of expression of woman, 
then he would love me more or our relationship would be different. And I've definitely gone through all of these thoughts. And I feel when I was young, very different version of me. I would spend hours GHC curling my hair. I mean, I've got naturally curly hair. I would put clip-in extensions to get like a millimeter longer hair. I've got really long hair. Just I would spend, I do eyeshadow, all the things. I'm so different now. But there was a, definitely a softer expression, a very trusting expression of me. And then as life occurs, breakups happen, pain happens, and we end up feeling guarded and armored. And we put up all of these protection strategies around us to not allow her in, but it also doesn't allow love in. And so that can be such a block when it comes to intimacy. And then men can reflect back to us. Our male partners can reflect back, oh, you're not feminine enough. You're not soft enough. But underneath all of that, for all of us as women, anyone who's resonating with this conversation right now, that's it's not because we want to block love. I've, I desire to receive fully and allow all of the love in and be the most loving, caring partner that there is. And for all of us, there's hurt there, there's pain there, there's abandonment, betrayal, rejection, something's happened that is stopping us. And so for me and for any woman that I work with, it just requires deep vulnerability, compassion, and lots of patience. If you're not an open-hearted woman that's like not living in her head and fully in her body, just loving on her partner or whoever it is, it's not because you're like, I want to be a fucking bad bitch who doesn't want to love anyone. I want to be toughner. I want to like drill my partner and be like a drill sergeant telling me he's never doing good enough. Like I don't think any of us wake up and think that. But if some of our behaviours reflect that, all I see, all I hear is little girls that are really desiring love that are super fearful of it because if I do open my heart to you, I do get out of my head and I do live from this place, what pain? Like a lot of us have evidence that when I do that, pain is created. I loved the girls in school. They bullied me. I loved my partner. He assaulted me. I loved my ex, my ex-partner. He couldn't fulfill me sexually. I ended up with a man that passed on herpes. Like on the other side of love, there's a lot of pain. And if we're equating love to pain, we're going to do everything in our power to attempt to avoid accessing it. So it's a slow process. It's a gradual process. It's an edging process. It means like, pushing your pushing your growth edge a little bit by little bit so you can get a little bit comfortable in the discomfort but not fully ripping the band-aid and that's how I believe that we build love and trust with ourselves and with whoever else we're sharing that love and trust with um as you were saying all of that my partner and I literally last week we had a massive fight because Mm -hmm. we've actually been um Recently listening to The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and he talks a lot about, it's in chapter eight and it was just something that he actually suggested we do because I was reacting every time we had fights about certain things around money, um, past traumas and it was because I was in my trauma body and we had this huge fight and I literally lost my shit because that little girl was literally being triggered based on a past experience of what I've been through with fear of an abandonment with my father and things like that. And I wanted to share that because I find that a lot of women, and maybe you can resonate as well, haven't found that person yet where they can be completely open and vulnerable, where they can express their pain and express, you know, all the darker secrets that they've been through and still be accepted and loved. Mm -hmm. But do you feel that women right now are afraid to love because they're afraid of the other person to see all parts of themselves that they may still not love themselves? Yeah, 100%. I think there's that. And then I think there's 
also just not knowing how to communicate around really challenging experiences. Like I can resonate with what you just shared, Tamara. My partner, my ex-partner, we just went through a recent breakup. My business has taken off. His business went through a lot of hardship last year and I wasn't communicating well about it. Neither was he. And so I would do quite similarly to you. I was in my trauma body. Wounded, uh, money is such a big wound for my little girl. She feels so unsafe, feels like she needs it to feel safe. So I didn't realize this is the beautiful thing about hindsight. Looking back, I'm like, I can see why I was so chaotic. My inner child felt so unsafe. And so I would just blow up because I felt like his financial hardship was creating a lack of safety for me. His logical masculine brain is like, your business is killing it. How the hell do you feel unsafe? So he feels like I'm being rude or unkind or non uncompassionate. And in retrospect, now I can see his side and mine, but at the time when the trigger is so big and so loud and it feels so real, these little girls have lived within us our entire lives. These little girls went through, for a lot of us, deep pain around the fear of there not being enough money. So as an adult, even when logically, remember you can't talk, um, you can't rationalize to a person living in survival. You can't speak logic to a person in survival. So your inner child, when she's blowing up at your partner last week, when the conversation's around money, or me all last year, when the conversation's around money, the logic can say, but your businesses are doing great. Like what, how the hell are you even getting mad at him? But the inner child is like, I'm so unsafe. There's not enough money. I'm not going to be okay. And you're making me not okay. You're the actual, you're the problem. You're the villain. You're hurting. You're harming me even though there's no actual hurt and harm, the emotional pain is there. And we're just not taught. In hindsight, I'm just like, whoa, that was such a courageous conversation. But I didn't even know, even with all the work that I have done, I didn't know how to hold that conversation around someone going through such deep financial hardship that's already going through their own pain, their own shame, their own turmoil around making ends meet as a man in this society I didn't know how to courageously bring that conversation towards him and say, I don't want to project this onto you, but what's occurring for me is I feel really unsafe in the face of this. And I, I know that logic says that my business is doing well, but I've got so much fear. And yeah. that that's what we're not taught in society, how to have the really hard conversations that are required. But on the other side, you're requiring deep, you desire deep intimacy with your partner. That's what I desired with my partner. However, it's not possible to build deep intimacy on a foundation of rupture and resentment. So for as long as my inner child thinks that he's a villain and he's making me unsafe, how can we ever experience deep intimacy? But we're not taught these things. We're not taught how to have the really hard conversations that actually create the loving, impactful relationships, intimacy, the depth that we all desire and we all deserve. And speaking of hard conversations, what do you feel has been your top three <laughs> with everything, maybe I should bring it to five. Not <laughs> one thousand. <laughs> those defining moments that have changed the trajectory to our life. Um, but no, those hard conversations that have obviously really made such impact for yourself and what you're supporting other women in with what you do. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, owning the herpes conversation was probably my biggest thing. Uh, and now for women in my world, for women in my world and also for myself, I think our biggest edge is boundaries with people that we love. Mm. Making requests from people where there's a lot at stake. It's very easy. It would be easy for me to set a boundary with you or you with me. It's like, okay, we're friends, but we're fast friends. We've met each other just now. 
So I feel like Becca hate you. I was like, oh, okay, well, tomorrow hates me. But like, there's not depth of like, oh my God, I'm about to lose someone if I was to actually communicate my truth here. And so I think for me and for all of my clients, the, the real edge and the pivotal life-changing conversations is having the most meaningful, courageous conversation in the face of intimacy that we most fear. They're the ones that create the most change. And the thing is, and talking about rupture and uh, resentment, when we do not have those conversations with the people that we love the most out of fear of loss, we're actually about to create the very thing that we're trying to avoid. I don't want to have to set a loving boundary because I fear hurting you. I fear losing love. But now I'm not communicating my truth to you out of fear of loss. And now I resent you. And I'm angry with you. So now we're not experiencing the intimacy that I deserve and desire with you. And then loss is going to occur anyway. So in regards to being courageous with intimacy and speaking truth, how does one begin their journey <laughs> in the five hack process for Beck? Oh, uh, yeah, um, five steps. <laughs> the strategy. Um, because I know that for everyone listening in this space, I'm so big on speaking truth. Um, mm-hmm. That was actually probably last year's theme for myself. I always have a theme for each year. And I was like, you get the truth, you get the truth. And that was fucking scary, but it was just hitting me in the face because you're right, when you're not speaking truth, you're in um, denial and you're only going to bring forward and project what you're not bringing forward. And I find a lot of women right now are starting to see and understand the power of that. So when you're obviously bringing people into your world and you want to have bold conversations, be courageous and speak truth, what do you feel like is the the five step process you can give to the women and men listening? Oh, <laughs> or even three. I would get really clear on uh, what full self expression even means to you, and what domain of your life or domains of your life that would have the most impact. It could be with my intimate relationship. It could be that you're a coach desiring to fully express yourself online but you really fear judgment. So you're kind of like just sharing surface level nice stuff and all the positive quotes, but you're never really hitting the real like, oh, part because you fear the judgment. I would just get really clear on where I desire to be fully expressed. I would get really clear on my fears around it. That would be my next step. Like if I'm not communicating vulnerably to my partner, why? It's not because I just don't want to. There's There's something that's holding me back. Let me get really clear on what that is and then get really clear on the cost of continuing to remain the same. If I don't communicate vulnerably with my partner, what's that gonna create for, well, look, Jake and I are not in a relationship anymore. So there are big costs attached to not using our voice. If you're a coach, it's like, I've got this really important topic on my heart, but oh my God, if I do speak about it, so many people are going to love it and some people are really going to not, then that's going to amplify my core wound of rejection and not belonging. But what's the cost? Well, maybe you're a struggling coach right now. Maybe you've just got a small business, but you know you're capable of a huge business. Maybe the cost is that you constantly struggle. And what then what is the benefit? This is speaking to everyone's very logical, conscious mind right now. But what is the benefit of you actually activating, giving permission to this full self-expression? So it would be like if you're a coach, a multi-six-figure business. If you're in relationship, deeper intimacy, more meaningful sex, uh, 
or your partner coming home from work and you're just being so excited that he or she is there. And then your fifth step, because you asked for five, is audience. No, that's okay. I love it. What is the first action step that you can take that would just move the needle one notch? Because people can get real, put themselves into a state of overwhelm and take no action because we write a list of like, oh my God, I've got 50 things to do before I'm ever fully expressed on the internet or 50 things to do before my partner and I are ever experiencing the kind of intimacy that I crave. But if you could just move the needle one notch, remember that's so like progress over perfection. One, one step forward is still forward. And if you can just take that first action and then uh, once that is complete, then think about the next, you're actually going to start to create positive effective change and create momentum so much sooner and quicker than what your ego mind, your personality self is telling you that you could right now. I appreciate your beautiful process there, my love. I um, This just came to me just then, my love, and that was around rejection and also the bullying that you mm-hmm. went through with those girls. Um, did any of those girls ever speak to you in it, like recently since obviously you sharing a story because I've um, had some of my bullies reach out to me really? uh, years after expressing, you know, being bashed and whatnot and they've apologised and said that they were really sorry. And so I just felt really, really called to ask if they've ever reached out or if you've ever reached out to them or forgiven them. It's so nice that they reached out to you and I love, I really love that they apologise. How did you feel when you received their apology? I felt... Um, I felt really appreciative of it because I didn't have resentment. I forgave her. Um, I used it as a way of expressing to my followers then. It was why I started boxing was because I was bashed by this girl. Um, And to be honest, I never thought I would hear from her. And it was never from a place of like, you know, she did this, so this is why I'm doing this. It was like, you know, I was fearful for my life. Um, And she reached out for me. And so I thought that was a really beautiful process in itself because I think we both just were really young and you know going through shit so it was really amazing um but yeah um have they ever reached out to you or or have you ever wanted to speak to them or share to them yeah so my primary bully started as my best friend and then she flipped on me and turned everyone against me and at 21 she added me on Facebook and I sent her a really heartfelt private message about how hurt I was by what she did. And she wrote me the nicest, like most lengthy email. Like, even I found it in my Facebook DMs a while ago where someone in Bali was asking about it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could find it in Messenger. And she was like, I can't believe a 21-year-old wrote that. So she wrote me that. And then I've had two other experiences when I've shared about bullying online. I've had women that were in my year group that messaged me to say, I am so sorry that you went through that. I had no idea. And if I had have known, I wish I could have been your friend to help you. And then I had one other experience. I remember being 21 and having like quite a popular boyfriend in Perth that was a part of like the DJ party scene. I was like, oh, this is my reclamation. <laughs> I'm cool now. And I remember being at a party and like the cool girls being there. And I'd lost all this weight. I was into my like fitness era. I was we had my little six pack and they came up to me and they were really nice to me. And I was really rude. And one of them, I think, I'm not sure if she stopped me then or she sent me a message on Facebook, but she said something and I was rude again. And she was like, I'm sorry, Beck, are you upset with me for something? And I was like, I don't even know why you're, I think I said something along the lines. Remember, I'm 21 at the time, but I was like, 
why would I be nice to you? You were awful to me. And I had a distinct memory of this girl being so unkind. And she said, I'm so sorry that you are remembering that, Beck. I don't even remember engaging with you in high school. And that was like, and I really believed her when she said it. And it was such a moment for me that my primary bully kind of rallied everyone else around her to join in. And maybe my perception was that everyone was bullying me, including that girl that I was rude to. But her truth was she didn't even remember interacting or engaging with me, not once. Wow. Hmm. And then what happened after that? I think that was kind of like a awareness point up for me of like, do I really want to hold and harbor this resentment my entire life maybe? And I really sat in the question of, well, if I was a, like, would I prefer to be friends with the bully and just stand behind her and at least be included with everyone or did I want to be bullied? And I'm so grateful that was my experience because I've come out with so much strength from it. But I'm sure my 14-year-old would have said like, I want to be cool and like have friends and be accepted and just like, let the, let the bully do the bully and I'll just stand behind her. Like we are talking to 14-year-olds in a private school where popularity is the pinnacle of the mountain. Like I can't judge a 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And it just comes back to what you said before around speaking truth and just connecting all the dots and events that have happened. If you were ever to speak truth to anyone now that have hurt you, what would you say? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I have had all my clearing conversations uh, with everyone that I feel like anyone that we hold resentment towards that we get to have that conversation to clear the energy and to cut the energetic cord that lives between you and that person. But if I was to ever, if there was someone that I hadn't had a conversation with that had come across my path, I'm 35 now, and we're talking about our lives, I think I would say, hey, you opened to me sharing my experience of what occurred when we spent time together at age 15 and how that impacted my life and the pain that it, it, it created. And I just, I would probably share my gratitude towards that person. Um, I know that my ex-partner, Jake, it's only a recent breakup four months ago, but eventually we'll get to have a clearing conversation as well. Where And I think what's important when we have those conversations is that we're able to have them from a place of personal responsibility, whereas when we're really in the pain of it, it can be very like, you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this. So I'm waiting for like a lot of the energy to move through so that maybe in three months we can have a powerful conversation and hold each other beautifully in clearing whatever is residing between the two of us. Hey, beautiful kings and queens, are you right now in a space where you're ready to take action and build your business, yet you struggle where to begin, you're feeling stuck and overwhelmed with all the things you need to do when it comes to building a business? Build the business of your dreams in the online space and be in the arena of all the incredible, great humans out there that are building seven to eight figure businesses. Now, the foundations that I truly believe in that you are going to learn through this membership is sales, marketing, content creation, social media, money mindset, and of course, branding. Now, all of this will be accessible for you to be learning what is currently hot right now in the market and how you can create your own business and build a successful business in the online space. All you have to do right now is DM Empire in my Instagram or email myself and my team and we will get the ball rolling so you can have your empire and start making moves in the online space. And tell me how four months in Bali 
has been for you and what you've learned and experienced and are healing through obviously the breakup I know yeah I mean I I call myself (laughs) I call myself a professional emotional wave surfer so Uh you know Bali is all things it's amazing it is not amazing it's I feel liberated and euphoric and I experience pleasure and then I also feel sadness and you know grief of my ex-partner Jade was my best friend so and my most favorite person on the planet so detaching from that relationship's been really hard and also detaching at 35 from a future fantasy of what I thought would be I I don't think I thought I'd be 35 and single ready to mingle it's actually not a desire that I have for myself so I really had to sit with myself and be with the expectations that I was holding about life letting go of the thoughts of like he loves boxing I love boxing I kind of pictured our cute little boxing babies and all those things that you get to in a breakup let go of and grieve and say goodbye to and I've just been meeting new parts of myself, really connecting deeply with my desires, um, navigating like anger and resentment as it's come up, looking at the places where I really lowered my standards or um, settled or made, said that things were okay. Oh, I love your cat. Said that things were okay when they weren't okay. Um, there, there's just just lots of reflection and um, I there's a deep clarity in terms of what my desires are and what my desires are for my life and what I will never again say I'm okay with when I'm really not okay. And because in my family, Italian family, what what how I was raised is what dad says goes. In relationship, what can play out is there's a part of me that's very submissive to the man and I love that. And sometimes his leadership is not actually taking me where I desire to go and I still say it's okay and often it's not okay. And so I've really learned that my woman gets to come online more and more and more and more, especially in my next relationship. So powerful, babe. I mean, look, the thing that came up for me just then was what if you guys were to get back together, if that was your person, but obviously you would only know that and that's obviously not my place to say. (laughs) It was just a feeling I just got of like, what if it's just something that is a time essence right now that you're both going through? Um, How intuitively are you, I guess, with you know life right now and the feelings that you get around love and who your person is and your soulmate around that like does that ever come up for you do you know we um ended our relationship so lovingly and respectfully like i've never had a loving beautiful breakup that if we were each other's people then we could end up back together and um i'm not attached to that because me being attached to that actually keeps the door open so I get to actually fully cut this cord so that we can both move on and I really believe that whoever is my husband like whoever is the father of my babies there's a there's a part of my esoteric godlike belief system that is that says that I actually have no control over that so I can try and force for it to be Jake and and fight for it and I can force the relationship and if it's not him no matter how beautiful a person he is and how amazing our friendship is, if it's not him, if he's not the father of my children, I can't force for that to happen. Yeah. So when I'm in my like when I'm in my pain or my deep grief or sadness around it, I'm like, if it's Jake, Rebecca, it's always gonna be Jake, even if he's not here right now. And if it's not Jake, it's because it's not Jake. And that like then we get to love that he gets to be if I'm not his one, he's not my one. And that's the truth. And I can't force anything other than that. So I just get to 
be with what life's given me right now and life's given me this experience and I feel like it's supporting lots of women to choose their courageous aligned path the path less walked and um, I know that whoever the father of my children is he's going to find his way to me no matter what I love that beautiful I appreciate you being so open and sharing that you know you being now in Bali I hope you're still there when I'm going I'm going when are you coming November end of November hello come <laughs> I do not know. I don't know. I go to America in October. So I'm like, am I coming back to Bali? Where am I going next? Is my husband in America? <laughs> Who knows? How funny is that? I, um, I'm heading to America next month. I just had this this pull to go and then something came up. I'm like, yep, doing it. Doing oh, amazing. Very, with no certainty there. Um, I guess which brings me to my question for, my, for you, my love. You know, what are you working on right now within yourself, within business? Uh, what are you really called to do? What are you passionate about that everyone can really get to know you more in that essence as well? Uh, so for me, my like my own stuff is obviously everything that I've been sharing, navigating the breakup, the deep excavation of myself, just this real coming home to myself. I've been deeply studying my nervous system over this time, yeah. all the protection strategies that I've used up until now to keep myself safe really exploring what's working in my life, what's not working in my life, what is working from a place but only working so much because it's from protection and survival and really um, coming into deeper alignment with what is within my life, really um, amplifying and living from my values, like my value for relationship, building my business on my value for my relationship and integrity. And my business, I'm looking at really just – I really I feel something massive 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 is coming really massive I've had some powerful really cool opportunities privately shared with me recently so I just I know that I've created this space through doing all this internal work I believe that when we excavate the self we create space for more to come through and I just know that I've recently smashed a glass ceiling just to myself to my own relationship with self then to my relationship with money and abundance and living and experience and creativity that I'm excited for what's next uh, in terms of business I'm also creative I've just launched uh, Bali retreats for 2024 and I've got so much demand they're just going I know God when I'm a yes and it's all aligned God is just a yes women have just come pouring through the door and they desire it so much so mm. I'm just really looking forward to that and then Beyond that, I'm just really missing my sister and her dog in Perth. So I, at some point, I want my sister to fly back for she's in Europe right now and spend time with me. And then before I go to America, I want to fly back to Perth so I can play catch with her puppy. So you, you're from Perth, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. What was the private school you went to there? Mercedes College. Okay. I, I always like, I don't know where that is, but it's just for the listeners to understand as well. Right in the heart of the city. I'm so excited for what's to come for you. You know, when you said just before something big is coming, do you know what that is or do you just know that there's that feeling and you know it's happening very soon or are you allowed to share no, what that I'm not allowed to share, but it's interesting. I keep getting really big opportunities that at the last minute like drop off, whether it's a huge podcast with millions of followers or it's a reality TV show or it's a news article that goes out to 14 million people. But every time the opportunity comes and drops, the bigger opportunity comes next. And I recently had a – so I never get attached to it coming through, but I've had some, um, air quotes right now, 
big opportunities come my way, whether they come through or not. I just know that when the right thing comes and it goes through, it's going to be huge. I can't wait to fucking see that, my love. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's delicious and I'm sexual and intimate. Ooh, I want all of that too. And my, yeah, my husband and my babies. Yes. Well, with what you were saying before with um, internal work, I feel like this would be the second last question to just let the listeners hear because I feel a lot of um, people are starting to really understand internal healing and obviously mm. working on themselves. Mm. What do you feel has been the biggest internal work so far to date that you feel the listeners are going to really take on board when it comes to their own healing journey? Hmm. Uh, the first question I just always love to ask anyone in terms of just even getting curious about your internal world, which is really the theme of this entire podcast, is asking yourself the question, what are you avoiding? That is a beautiful place to start. Then, pardon me, another beautiful thing to do is to put yourself in community, some kind of personal development forum, workshop, breath work, just an experience for you to be in just to see what it feels like for you, what comes up for you. I think going to workshops, events, healings, breath works, cacao ceremonies, uh, shamanic ceremonies, th this was really my uh, initiation or my first step through the door of like, oh, wow, look at this odd world of people who seem to really like everyone and themselves and talk about really uh, like taboo stuff that normal society doesn't, even though now we're kind of all onto it. I think that's a beautiful place to start. And then for me personally, like the deep uh, the deep study of my own nervous system the past nine months has been truly transformative. Like I, I, I feel like that's... Uh, sorry? No, go, go, go. I, about, I don't think I would have left Jake and I don't think I would have left Perth without having done this deep study on my, on my nervous system because... There was so much, I, as, as much as I love and valued our relationship, there was so much yeah. safety wrapped up in Perth and him that was really blocking my expansion. And so it required yeah. me to do the work on my nervous system, study my nervous system to understand the survival uh, protections and strategies that I was putting in place that had me so attached to him and attached to Perth and attached to my house in Perth. It was through understanding that that allowed me to create the space and edge into a different way of life, which is why if we did end up back together, it would be such a different relationship because I wouldn't be choosing him from survival and safety rather than from desire and a really regulated nervous system, an embodied woman. And do you feel right now you're quite regulated as well with your nervous system? In this right now moment, yeah. Yes. When something rocks me off my path, then I obviously get to be with that. And I think I think it's a, a very big ask for anyone to have any kind of expectation that you're going to be regulated all the time. Life is always going to lie. Something's mm. going to happen. Uh, there was a, actually, there was a volcano, no, not a volcano, an earthquake in Bali last night. And then my, I woke, at 4 a.m. my bed was shaking and I woke up out of my sleep. I'm like, is my bed shaking right now? <laughs> and But I was very regulated as that happened. And I asked myself, do I think, do I feel safe? And I was like, no, I feel safe. I asked myself, is this how I'm going to die? I was like, no, this is not how I'm going to die. Should I be scared for right now? And just like, I was very, very calm about it. Very calm about it. I think that's a beautiful testament to all the work you've been doing on yourself. And how interesting that there was a volcano. 
why not the volcano my friend was on the volcano uh, and the earthquake happened it was an earthquake, earthquake. it was like yeah I've never I've never been in Bali I've never been anywhere where there's an earthquake and like literally having the ground underneath you my bed was just rattling 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 I was like this is an interesting experience this is a sign tell me more and then I forgot about it and I woke up in the morning to all of these messages saying I hope you're okay I hope you're okay I hope you're okay I'm like why is everyone assuming I'm not okay and so I was like, of course I'm okay. Was why? Why would I not be okay? Or I was like, the earthquake. I was like, oh, makes sense. Well, I, I was regulated. I was fine. <laughs> like, um, we always ask, we being me, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this beautiful question that I find is really helpful. And you've been dropping in so many golden nuggets for everyone. But if you were to give just that one key advice, that one piece to unlock the keys to your queendom for the listeners, yeah. what would that piece of advice, that key be for everyone right now? Uh, it's the same thing I would ask myself. What is it that you are avoiding? Because the avoidance of emotional pain will only further perpetuate more pain onto your life path. God, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here my love and would you like to share a little bit more about your amazing retreat so everyone who's listening can be a part of it if there's any spots left that is oh my god yes we're about to open the doors for april because march is sold out but you can always join the wait list it's incredible it's six days it's women only five nights it's all inclusive you get yourself to bali we take care of the rest and there's Mm. basically a deep excavation of yourself so that you can create a deep, loving, intimate relationship with yourself, that you can learn about parts of yourself that you have maybe pushed down, repressed, avoided for a really long time. And we take you on a beautiful journey essentially to crack you open so that you have the space, like I spoke about before, to actually be available to your pleasure, to your desire, to allow your heart to lead you and for your truest truth to reveal itself and speak to you. I think a lot of us are craving to live from our own internal knowing and to get out of our head and to live from our hearts but very hard with the noise of society and just the monotony and the routine of life so this is to strip all of that away so that you can actually hear your own internal knowing speak to you and it come from an internal felt sense of knowing in your body rather than your mind thinking would I like this do I want to live my life this way what do I think what will make me happy just feeling into your body and allowing the desire that lives and breathes inside of you to lead you. So if that's speaking to anyone, just come into my world and you're welcome anytime. I highly recommend everyone to drop into her amazing Instagram and life because she is honestly a sex muffin herself and I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. Beck, thank you so much for being here on Keys to the Queendom. This is your host, Tamara Meyer, and we are excited for another episode dropping next Wednesday. Thank you so much, my love.